campus of Reichman University. The Baseline. Stories from the court with Jonathan Rears and Mayor Cohen. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode four of The Baseline. Today, we've got an episode with Lior Berman. We're really excited to bring you this episode. We feel that it gives us a unique view into NCAA basketball. Lior plays for Auburn, which is one of the best programs in the entire United States for Division I basketball. He tells us some great stories about him and his teammates, how they experience Israel, and how the, his coach, Bruce Pearl, really influences the whole team. We've got a lot to talk about with Lior, and we're excited to get right into it. Let's go. Thank you, Lior Berman, for joining us here on The Baseline. This is episode four. Um, we've gotten some great pros so far. We really want to get some insight from you, Lior, from a college player, from somebody who's really seen you know, this huge scale of NCAA basketball from the inside. Um, I'll give it up to John right now to give you a little bit of background about yes, you. Yes, sir. My boy, Lior, from Alabama, right? Uh, yes, sir. You want to just tell us a little bit about your uh, basketball background up until you got here? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I've been playing basketball for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, kind of grew up with my dad, you know, always taking me to the gym. Um, played all throughout middle, middle school, had a great uh, high school career at uh, Mountain Brook High School, and then um, decided to continue my basketball career at Auburn and been playing ever since. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned basketball in high school. I did see uh, you in a dunk contest with Cole Anthony. Tell us about yeah. that. That must have been crazy. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, it was a City of Palms tournament, and um, my coach is like, um, all right, there's this dunk contest. Probably, like, one person from each team will be doing it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And then I um, I show up, and it's like Cole Anthony. Um, Yo, Oak Hill. Lewis, I think. All these, like, high flyers. I'm just like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, shit. Like, like, <laughs> they, they did not prepare you for that. Yeah, they're all kind of cracking <laughs> jokes uh, with me, and I'm just like, oh, boy, uh, it's about to be rough. But, you know, I, I threw a couple. Yeah, bro, I, I saw on your Instagram. Those were crazy. You had, you had some reel up there. There's some insane windmills or something insane like that. <laughs> yeah, you, but, you felt like you performed well in, in that dunk contest? Yeah, yeah. But uh, they, they uh, threw down some uh, some crazy dunks. Now, nah, whatever. He's, he's in them. He, yeah, he's cool, he's cool Anthony, man. I don't think he can, <laughs> I don't think he can be mad about that. <laughs> it's all right. Um, in high school, you also uh, you also participate, participated in the Maccabi Games, right? Yeah, yes. I did that in high school and uh, recently. And recently. So tell us about that. What got you um, kind of into coming to play in Israel? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I played for the Maccabi uh, USA uh, in the U16 team in 2000. Um, um, I forgot what the year was, but U16, and, um, you know, it was a great, great time. Got to, you know, represent my country, my religion, and play over there. But, you know, I was a lot younger then, so, but I actually played again on the open team this past summer, and, like, I, you know, I've always wanted to play, continue my career, like, after college, and, like, you know, I'm looking at Israel and, you know, just playing over the summer, and, you know, seeing it and experiencing it as I was older, it was, um, you know, something that I really would love to do um, in the future. 100%. We've, we've uh, interviewed a few guys here playing professionally, and they're telling us, you know, how it is compared to other countries and other places that they can play. 
But, um, you know, I mean, what we've gotten so far is just a really, real passionate fan base. People who just love the environment here. The basketball culture is great. I mean, compared to a lot of places in Europe, um, they've said, you know, the family that they feel here is really something that's interesting, um, which I want to ask you about. I mean, obviously, you know, you're playing at Auburn. Last year, you guys were the number one co- team in the country for a long time. This year, you're having great success. You guys are ranked, having a really good season. So, you know, obviously, every school has a very different basketball culture. But with Auburn specifically, how do you feel like the, uh, you know, how the school feels towards the basketball program, the support you guys have been getting, you know, this season and last season? How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's 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 been great. You know, there's nothing like some Auburn fans. And, you know, in our arena, the student section, it's called the jungle. Yeah. And there, there's nothing like it. Like, you know, if we hit a couple threes and then someone dunks it, that place is going to go, like, that place is going to go crazy where you can't really hear anything. But, you know, even outside of, like, the games, you know, like, you know, like last year when we were ranked number like one, we like walk into like a random restaurant in Auburn and like people would start like get up and start like clapping. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> the like, pride um, of the Tigers. Like, yeah, just uh, the the support from from uh, everyone and all the fans has just been incredible. Last year, last year you guys had Jabari, which is crazy, and you. I saw that one game against Syracuse. You and Jabari were uh, trading some threes over there. How did yeah. that feel? That must have been like. That must have been like a little bit of like a shocking moment for you, no? Yeah, that was awesome. Like, you know, I, I mean, I've kind of been increasing my role throughout the years. And like that was like at a point where like I, you know, um, where it kind of like started. And, you know, I just let let the first one fly. And Dude, that, in that and step then, back was tough. That step back was tough. I think a, a heat check had a step back. <laughs> it went in, so it's all right. But it was good. But you know, just playing with like Jabari, Walker, all those guys just – they're just great teammates, and there's nothing like it. Like, it's um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, just being you know sharing the court, sharing the practice practices with those guys. Jabari, obviously, I think he went number three overall this year to the Rockets. Yeah. So, how what was your experience with his kind of build up as a teammate? Like, you know, kind of watching from the side, but. I'm sure you could see a lot of, you know, crazy media attention around him, uh, how he handled that whole thing. But as somebody from the outside, in terms of like in the basketball court, when you're seeing all this attention, especially with him and Walker, um, who's playing very well this year, uh, um, how's the, what was the support like from the team just to kind of, you know, the spotlights on him, but also on the team at the same time. How is the balance in the locker room with that, with those guys who are obviously projected to be high picks in the NBA draft, but, you know, having the team as a whole really having to perform as a unit? Yeah, um, you know, Jabari, he's, uh, he's one of the, you know, he's there for a reason. You know, all those things he's done is, is for a reason. He's, he's put in the work. He has the mental, the drive, and, you know, he'd be, um, we'd be in the arena, like, in the mornings at, like, 6.30 a.m., you know, it's just, he would do that all the time. Like, there was nothing that really got to his head. Like, even with all the media and everything, like, he stayed, he really stayed true to himself, and I, and he's gonna, he's gonna continue to do that, and, um, you know, he's a great teammate, super unselfish, and he's just a, he's just a competitor. Like that's when it really comes down to it. He just loves competition, and that's that's what'll take him very far. Yeah, good, uh, very well said. But um, another one of your teammates, Ofek Reef. You remember Ofek? He was actually yeah, our first. Ofek. He was our first episode here. Um, oh really? Yeah, he introduced the podcast with us. Um, so Ofek, he decided to. Uh, Stop his uh, basketball career at YU, and he came. He's playing in Israel now. So you mentioned before 
that you'd see yourself playing in Israel. What do you think? Do you think that's uh, kind of where you're setting your stones right now, or is it more up in the air still? Yeah, um, um, you know, I got my uh, senior year this year, and then, you know, I do have a COVID year next year if I want to take it, which um, I'm definitely considering. But, you know, after after all of that, you know, I love – uh, it's my goal to play professionally and you know Israel is a great place where I can do that you know I actually have family there and um yeah but uh, I've been seeing Ofeg he's he's got some nasty dunks so far I've been on Instagram he's he looks like he's been tearing it up yeah well, yo, we've been peeping the gram too for Ofeg that's what we talked about when we saw him but speaking of that um and you just playing here in general we know that you know coach coach Pearl has a strong connection to playing I mean just being here in Israel and we wanted to know we know that uh, you know the Auburn team comes out to Israel, and we know that you guys played some games here as well. So, what was that experience a little bit like for you and for the rest of the team? As I don't know, maybe some guys coming to Israel for the first time or seeing a lot of things they had never seen before, experiencing yeah. the country in in a way that maybe they never thought they could. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so like I already been there like three times, so I, I really knew what to expect. But you know, all my teammates had never been, and they had they had no idea what to expect. Like, like you know, you hear like you hear like stories of Israel and like, you just, you really don't know what you're like getting into. And, um, I was telling them like, trust me, like it'll be a great time. Like just, just trust me. And then I got over there and it was just awesome because I kind of got to, you know, experience things for the first time through them. Like, you know, I'd already seen the Dead Sea a bunch of times, but then seeing them get in the Dead Sea and with the mud, it was like doing the whole thing like for the first time again. So, that was really cool. They they loved the Dead Sea. Um, they thought Jerusalem was awesome, and then we're also on uh, stayed in Tel Aviv on the beach, and you know that's that's pretty hard to beat. So you guys get a chance to go out and uh, you know enjoy the nightlife over there in Tel Aviv. Yeah, we we, we enjoyed the nightlife. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was just a great experience. It's so cool that like like it, like who would think that like Auburn would be able to go to Israel for like, like no one's done that. It's very, it's really inspiring what Bruce is doing. And it seems like he wants to be doing it every year. Really like catch an eye to those people that don't really know what Israel's about, you know, see like what basketball culture is like here. People really wouldn't expect it. Yeah. He's like the first one to do it. And I think he wants to like, you know, make it a thing where, you know, college teams do this and just get to see Israel and, you know, it's kind of change people's perspective, which I think is really cool. What did, what did your teammates uh, say about it after the trip? Did you get the chance to speak to any of them? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them really liked it. So, you know, some were a little, um, a little picky on the food. <laughs> they wanted to try anything. I was like, just try it, I'm telling you. But, um, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, everyone thought it was, like, really cool and also spiritual, you know. Um, a lot of my teammates got to um, experience their faith. And, you know, I'm Jewish, but a lot of them are Christian and they got to see that walk. And, you know, that was for them. That was, you know, like a thing really special to them. That's awesome. Yeah. So you guys played a few games out here. So, you know, tell us about that versus um, I'm not exactly sure what, what team you guys played when you were here. But were your teammates kind of maybe a little bit impressed or maybe the other way around about the competition you guys played when you guys were here? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, each game was kind of – we played three games, and each game was like a step up in competition, you know. First game, you know, wasn't too hard. Second game was some uh, more experienced pros. But in the third game, we played um, the national team with, like, Denny. Um, oh, Denny wow. And um, point guard 
played for the Celtics. Yeah, so, Madar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's he, tough. He was so good. He's but, tough. Um, you know, they were they were a pro team. Like, you know, we we did pretty good. Um, but you know, just I think we kind of gained a respect for like you know, like how it is to be like a pro. Like their ball movements. It's crazy communication, just on another level, and um, yeah, we gained a lot of respect for um, the pro players in Israel for sure. Yeah, so about that style of play, kind of you know transitioning here a little bit. Um, so you guys play in the SEC, right? Which is a, you know a specific brand of basketball. You see it all over the NCAA. Like some conferences play a little different than others. Did you feel like your style of play playing in the SEC versus you know their you know national team st- style of play? What were the glaring differences between you guys and them? Was it just the ball movement? Was it the way they played defense and spaced the floor? Yeah. What What are some of the specifics that you guys noticed? Well, for me, if I'm speaking personally, you know, it's kind of it kind of sucks. But um, you know, after the Maccabi games, I had a little uh, tear in my calf, so I, I actually didn't get to play um, when Auburn came over. But you know, just if I had to compare it, you know, just playing the Maccabi games, you know, everything's very physical. Um, there's a lot of like different like foul calls, like it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but you know, it's, it's, it's actually like kind of a different game. And, you know, I just saw that with, um, when Auburn came over there, I saw some of that too, but you know, just the SEC, you know, some of the best athletes, you know, ever. And I think that translated really well, just our physicality, but you know, it was tough. They had, they had great ball movement. They're very experienced. And, um, but yeah, I think it translated pretty good. Since you're, since you're pretty close to these guys that like, play college ball and then a lot of these guys you see go up and play NBA ball do you see a difference in play between the NBA and college and like in terms of you see these guys who necessarily didn't have as much space get more space now and they're just way better in the NBA because of spacing yeah um definitely um you know you know, it's, it's, it's been cool to see – it's been really cool to see Walker, you know, translate his game from college into NBA. Like, you know, in college he's just blocking everything. And, you know, you'd think in the NBA it would be much harder to do that. But, you know, he's he's still doing it, which is – Yeah, he's playing cool like a beast. So, I know. It's just, it's just awesome to see. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of differences. But, you know, if you, if you have the mindset, you can really adapt to it, like the different types of play. And, you know, NBA is more spaced out, but, you know, um, it's, it hasn't seemed to bother some of the, some of my teammates, so oh. it's pretty cool. Yeah, so we, earlier, like a few episodes ago, we had somebody who plays professionally here in Renana, um, which is pretty close to where we are, uh, northern yeah. Tel Aviv right now, uh, and he played a, a preseason game. His name is Jason Sagers. I don't know if you remember the name or have heard of him, but he played versus the Thunder, and he scored 40 points in one of those preseason games which is, you know, he was telling us all about how, you know, spacing the floor is and how the bucket can feel even twice as big when you're playing in the NBA with all that spacing. So it's definitely cool to see. And obviously we're here in Israel and we like to go to the games here and you can just tell not only is the court smaller, but you see those differences in the toughness and the foul calls and, and just the rules, even simple things like, you know, the three second rule, how players here can spend a lot more time in the paint than they can over there. So it's obviously very interesting to see that. And it's very cool how, you know, Walker's being successful and all that. But, um, but yeah, again, it's very cool to see just the differences between, um, you know, the NBA and the EuroLeague. But uh, for you guys, in terms of like what you're doing um, at Auburn, did you feel that you were really, you know, what, what was your style of play? Obviously, I talked about the SEC versus the Big Ten. But once you guys advance into the tournaments and into 
once you're leaving that SEC style of play, like when you play versus other SEC teams versus if you're playing, for example, a team from the Big Ten, which are maybe they're a little bit more physical or maybe they run different defenses. So as the season went on and you guys advanced um, and played schools from all over and, and, and really different conferences, what are, what are some of the things that you guys stayed were always going to be big part of your game plan versus something that you would adapt in terms of uh, based on who you were playing? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we always have spent a lot of time on game plans, you know, with scouts and, you know, just figuring out how we're going to guard. You know, something that we always take with us is our defense. Um, we pride ourselves on that. And no matter what they're running, we're going to we're gonna be up on them. We're going to have a high pickup point. We might have to have a lower pickup point if there's really fast guards. But regardless, we're going to get after them for 40 minutes on the defense. So, you know, offense is – Offense is offense, you know, we can we can we can live with that, but you know, without our defense, you know, we if we don't have our defense we're um, not gonna be successful. So that's kinda what we take or try to take to every every single game. It's very interesting. Um defense defense is definitely a bigger thing in college I'd say than the NBA right now. <laughs> you see like freaking uh Jalen Green going off for forty two points, like mm -hmm. you wouldn't see that twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you think right now watching the NBA? You think it's got less interesting, like straight up, just because of the defense? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it gets a little, um, it gets it gets more interesting as it gets closer to the playoffs. But um, you know, when I watch the NBA, you know, I'm I'm really just watching it. Honestly, I'm just watching like a couple players, like Luca or like you know Steph, you know, just to just to learn a couple of things. Like I'm not really like watching the whole game. I'm just trying to pick up a few things from each team. And then, you know, like obviously when it gets to the playoffs, I'll watch the game. Cause, but, um, that, is there, is there one specific guy that you like try and like model your game after? Um, I want to say like one specific guy, but you know, I, I, I try to like copy some of like Lucas moves. Like, <laughs> Lucas so you know, tough. Oh my God. He's got like the craziest footwork and dude, he's so know, tough. I try, I, try to, I try to learn some of that. Yeah, 100%. So transitioning here a little bit, um, we read, right, so in the, for us, it's the middle of final season right now. So just in terms of schoolwork and what we have to do. And I, we saw that you, you know, for the SEC, you know, academic honor roll and all kinds of stuff, for these, these things that you were able to achieve. Being a student athlete is something that people really overlook when it's talking about football, when it's talking about basketball. And when I personally really like to dive deep into some of these football players or basketball players, how they handle their studies to perform well in terms of showing up for practice and being there for games and always being there for your team who needs you. And there's the flip side of that, having to be a full-time student as well. How do you handle that? And, and, and uh, what are some things that you do? Do you think that you're able to put yourself in a position for success? Yeah, so yeah, I'm an, an industrial design major, or like I like to call it product design, so I'm designing products. But, you know, that's like a almost like a full-time job too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just due to years having to do that in basketball, you know, I've I've learned some great things during my major, but I think probably the most important thing I've learned is just time management. That, that would probably serve me the best. But you know, it's it's a it's a hard balance. You know, I'm I'm really focused on basketball, but you know, I pride myself in my academics too. So there's just that balance that to find. And you know, as I've as I'm a senior now, so I've kind of figured it out. But you know, like sophomore year when like classes were super hard, and you know, I was starting to travel with the team, like. No, there were some long nights where I really had to, you know, just like put up, put aside like sometimes my social life, like, you know, and luckily I have great friends who understand that, but like 
you know, it's, you have to be, you have to be kind of a little bit selfish, honestly, in a good way. Like, you know, someone's like telling you to come out, like come out tonight and you're like, I really can't, like, I gotta, I gotta knock out this project. It just takes a lot of self-control and self-discipline. And that's probably the most important thing that I've learned throughout college. And that'll probably serve me the best uh, throughout my life. You think, you think that basketball has helped you gain that self-control? Yeah, um, definitely. It's, it's, you know, it's, you know, sports, they really teach you, you know, self-discipline, you know, having to be on time to practice, having to, you know, have a boss or coach, having different teammates, you know, there's, there's easy to play with teammates and there's hard to play with teammates, you know, just all that stuff, you know, it just really makes you disciplined and, um, yes, it's definitely helped. Are there, uh, I'm not exactly sure how it works in terms of being a student athlete and keeping your role on the team, are there you know minimum requirements that a student would have to make in term would have to like, to reach in terms to you know keep his position on the team? Are there if you don't perform well in certain school activities, you can't play on the court, or how, how does that work? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the NCAA's got a couple requirements. First off, you have to have like a certain amount of hours towards your major um, classes. And then I'm not sure the minimum GPA requirement is probably like a 2.0 or something, 1.9. He's, he's just too. trying to get the maximum. He doesn't, he doesn't really care about the minimum right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hopefully, hopefully I'll not lose my eligibility because I, <laughs> you know, that'd be that'd be very bad. But um, no, you know Auburn, our coach Perel, he, yeah, he doesn't really play around with the school. Like if you're not doing your stuff, he's gonna he's going to discipline you. So, you know, that's something that he instills in the Auburn program and all, all my teammates respond What's, to what's that, it so. like being under Pearl? I like, he, watching him on TV and like, what not, dude, this we, guy's We crazy. get a pride watching him yeah, play and watching him, you know, control the team and, and really be a voice for just, you know, support of Israel in general or just, you know, being a Jew. So, yeah, what is it like, uh, you know, playing under him and the, you know, the effect he has? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, um, I just remember watching on TV like before I was in college and just the passion he has when he's coaching. And I really didn't know where I wanted to go um, for college for a while. But, you know, I had a meeting with Coach Pearl, I mean, my family. And it was, just, it was just awesome. We talked for like an hour. And it's also super cool that he's Jewish too, like me. Like, like um, you know, like for like um, – like Passover, he'll have you over for like a seder. Oh wow, that's <laughs> sick! Bruce Pearl seder, yeah. yo, that I'm trying that to, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get invited to Bruce Pearl seder, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty cool. He also like, uh, you know, he'll throw like a Hanukkah party for all the Jewish people in Auburn students. It's not that many, but yeah. it's still fun. He'll like whip up some uh, lockies and <laughs> but yeah, it's just really cool to have that connection like outside of basketball. Um, it's uh, it's it's really special. Does, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad do you, I'm here. Do you or uh, or even as a how do I say it, like, do you see him or even yourself getting any backlash from supporting like Judaism or Israel? Yeah, so you know he's he's got a large platform and he's very um, you know communicative and like social media, Twitter, and I'm, I'm sure he does, but, you know, that's not going to really change. He, all he's trying to do is just get stuff out there so people who might not know, they might read it and say, all right, I know now. Um, sure. Me, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough. I haven't really experienced much backlash for anything I've, you know, believed in um, or said, but, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm really fortunate. That's not always the case, but, you know, I, 
I'd like to think that I'd, I'd be strong throughout that, even if it did happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. We we learn even even in here and even in high school how to combat a lot of that stuff in social media. But um, a question I actually had for you earlier when we were talking about the NCAA, something that I've thought is very interesting and I've been keeping a close eye on is just NIL in general. I think it's very interesting how athletes are now able to benefit off of you know, their own brand and their own image. Have you noticed um, anything in maybe your teammates or maybe the way they treat you as a kind of student athlete that has to do with NIL? Maybe, are there any, I don't know if there's any deals that you've signed or any deals that your teammates have signed, but what's it like now that students are, you know, athletes are able to make some money off of their name and likeness? Yeah, so I, I can, you know, speak for my team. You know, it's, you know, it, it exists, but, you know, you, I mean, you don't really, it's not something you, I guess you like really talk like none of my teammates are like boasting like, like I got this 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 mm-hmm. like you know we're all like a team so like and I'm sure everyone's taking advantage of it as much as they can which is awesome I, I think it's a great thing to get paid for you know all these hours that you're putting in but you know I think it's really cool but you know all my teammates have done a great job of just you know it's just business we have our team there's you know you, you can't lose focus of basketball just because these deals like you know winning is the is the main focus and I, I think we've done a good job of staying together through through all, For through sure. all that. I wanna hear I wanna hear your your number one matchup all time. Who is who is someone you had like a crazy matchup with? Toughest to guard. Toughest to guard? Hmm. Uh I'm sure you played a lot of future pros, so it's probably a tough question. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, you know, there's been a lot of people, um, or even someone that you were like, well, is, this is like insane that I'm guarding this guy right now. Like <laughs> say Jabari, yeah. the guy was top three. Yeah. I was about to say like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, I'm, you know, in practice, you know, I'm guarding, yeah, you're like, guarding Jabari Smith every single day. The guy I mean, top that three. definitely counts. That's, that's, crazy. that's still crazy. Like, dude, I, does he even see you? You put like two hands up. Yes. He's like six ten. Yeah, no. You, you know, You'll play like the best D of your life. You'll get like a full contest and everything, but you'll just turn around and just like, you're not there. So that's crazy. Uh, I, I gave him a few buckets too. So it, <laughs> there right. you go. There you go. So I was curious. Yeah. We're talking about you know routes um, that players take after Division One college. It's obviously so diverse. Everybody has their own thing. People play overseas. People try to make it in the NBA. Um, something that's been emerging like in a, in a huge fashion is now the G League, right? Um, players are getting are now able to be paid much more money than they were being able to be paid in the past. So, have you found that maybe that's something? Obviously, we talked about before. You like to play in Israel, but is that something that that people are really considering um, doing instead of playing professionally overseas, just trying to make it in the in the G League? Do you think that's going to become a more popular option for people to take in the future? Yeah, I think you know it's a. Uh it's a good route to go. You know, a lot of people have gone that route. Like, I think Jalen Green, he went to the mm-hmm, straight yeah. to the G League, had a great se- couple seasons, and then now he's, you know, doing great in the NBA. But, you know, for someone who, like, maybe is not able to make the NBA, I think the G League's a great place to go. You know, for me, um, you know, it would be nice. It would be, like, a hard decision maybe there between Israel. But, you know, I just – I really feel like at home at Israel. So like that's awesome for me. I, I'd probably pick Israel. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. What do you think about you know Ryan Terrell playing in the in the keeper? Have you seen some of his clips or some of his highlights up yeah. there in Detroit? Yeah, um, you know I I've been following him a little. You know, with Shiva now he's 
the G League, and uh-huh. it's so cool. To, um, you'll have like a couple clips, and there'll be like a whole little section of fans just like going yeah. crazy. <laughs> Nuts. I think he went off. I'm not sure how long ago, but he had a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, they went like 20 for 10 or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. 20 points. It's just so cool yeah. to see this guy wearing wearing a keeper yarmulke on the court. Yeah, just he's got so many like, doubters, and he's just he's just doing his thing. It's just, it's pretty cool. Playing in Detroit, I said it before. Like we could see him in the NBA. I, <laughs> I still I still believe it. Bro. I give him a couple years. I'd say I don't know. I mean, he's, I'm manifesting it. I'm manifesting. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. That would that would be amazing. So, just like a few more questions for you, right? Talk about Detroit. Talk about the future. What do you think about uh, about Victor Webanyama? What do you think about this upcoming draft? How do you think he's gonna just just picking your brain about now about the NBA? I don't know how much you follow, how much you're into it, but what do you think about that guy and how he's gonna take his talents and how he's gonna perform? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not like so like big into like the next draft and this and like seeing that, you know, but. I, I don't know. I've just seen some videos of him. Yeah, the guy's a freak. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> if, if he can stay healthy, I don't, I don't know how people are going to be able to guard him. Because, like, he can shoot like like a normal guard. Yeah. Like, like crazy He's shooting shots, off one so. leg, too. Like, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll do fine. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever catch yourself or any of your teammates, maybe even Bruce, Watching like Euro League ball rather than NBA or college ball. Uh, I haven't seen anyone mm-hmm. watching the Euro ball. Um, no, they're mainly watching this college and um. um right, I'm pretty NBA. sure they're, they're probably pretty focused on the NBA. There's a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. now. We're getting just a pop-up warning on on the Zoom call, but yeah. I I do want to ask you um just a few more things um. Yeah. So staying on the topic of the NBA and all that kind of stuff, we want to know. We're trying to ask all of our guests. We're trying to get as many predictions in before we can at the end of the season. Who's your team to win it all this year in the NBA? And I'd also like, obviously, you know, obviously you're going to pick the Tigers to win in the uh, in the NCAA. But what's another team you like over there? In college? Yeah, just obviously <laughs> try not try to try to just stick with the Tigers. Let's talk about the NBA then. NBA. Um... I'm, I'm not too sure to be honest um you know I, like i can even tell you who like the the top teams are right now um what are some of the top teams you like, can just say steph curry that's a good answer or lebron yeah that's fine it, yeah <laughs> i mean your um, boy luca luca's tough luca yeah. could take them somewhere i really that's think I so saying. i don't i don't know if he can take them all the way but that would be pretty cool so yeah i'll go with them i'll go with them Dude, yeah, that would be amazing. Okay, we're wrapping up. We're here on about 30-minute mark. I just want to, again, thank you for joining us, taking time really out of your... Really appreciate it, your, man. I'm sure it's an incredibly busy schedule. Uh, we just want to wish you, from the Baseline Podcast here and everyone behind it, much luck in the, for the rest of the regular yes, season. Sir, we're rooting for the Tigers. We're rooting for Coach Pro a lot. See him in Israel soon? Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, huge. Thank, you, thank y'all. We'll thank be y'all there. Had an awesome time. Um, yeah. Thank you, thank Sweet. you. All right. We'll see you. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Thank you again. All right. I'll see you. Okay. That was Lior Berman from the Auburn Tigers. That was uh, that was a really good interview. The guy is, he's got a lot of uh, insider experience just as a Jew playing in the NCAA, which is really cool. Playing and, with Bruce. Playing with Bruce, who I, I know I mentioned it right at the end of the interview, but John and I are big fans of Bruce. A um, lot of pride for me when I'm when I'm watching the Tigers, just because you really see 
the effect of somebody Jewish on the, just what he can do for the team, what he can do for the culture, and what he can have people feel about Israel and about Judaism in general. People, you know, we've talked about it in the past podcast about like how we talked about Jason and how his family reacted to him playing in Israel and how that's not something you're worried about. Oh, is he going to be okay? You see all this scary stuff in the news. And then Bruce brings the whole team over and, you know. Right. And Jason now, he said this feels like home. So did Maurice, right? Maurice said that this Bnei Herzliya team is one of the most family-like teams he's ever been on. Right. What, he's played on nine different teams? Crazy. That's nuts, bro. And, like, Bruce bringing all these guys who are, like, 18 to 20, 22. Exactly, they're young. And these guys have no idea about Israel. They don't know what they're missing out on, you know? We're out here, we're living the time of our lives. And Bruce is like, yo, I'm gonna take you guys to Israel. I'm gonna show you guys how to live. You can have a few I'm nights show in you Tel Aviv. <laughs> different type of basketball. Dude, they, they probably come out here. You said that they played the Israeli national team. Yeah. They're probably like, oh shit, he just fouled me, bro. <laughs> and they're like getting no calls because this is European basketball. But it's so cool. Like, Bruce really loves Israel. And you see it reflected in Lior. Yeah. He's like, very excited to come and play in Israel. He even said that he would want to play here professionally. Which is super cool. It's so cool. It's good to see like more recognition, you know? Yeah, it is awesome. And I don't, I don't, I didn't, maybe he did say, I didn't notice if they beat the third team with, with Denny and Yamadar. I don't know. I'll have to look that up, but I'm sure it was a close game, but uh, it was really cool to get his insight. I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking to a lot of people here. But this is a guy who went to practice every single day with Jabari Smith. Like, the, the top three pick in the NBA draft, the guy's 6'10", he can shoot, he can pass, he can do everything. So it's very cool to get that, you know, insider scoop on it. I liked how he told us that we got a, got a few buckets on Jabari. It's very cool. Man, Jabari, Jabari's tough. He, like, you can see him being the next, like, pa- Pascal Siakam. Mm. That's what I would compare mm. him to. Yeah, hopefully. I was watching him. He's a lengthy scorer. Like, he's tough. You you put any guy on him, he's gonna score over you. Right. He need, he needs a few years, but I'm definitely gonna. Uh, he's so I'm young. looking for it in the future. Yeah, he is really young. Um, we we've got to talk a little bit about the NBA. We haven't really had a chance to really get into it. Uh, sure. This this episode's a good opportunity for us to do it. We saw something very interesting last night. I mean, I know that you saw it as a Celtics fan, and I saw hey, it with hey, LeBron. Hey, hey. It's just a very interesting. Um, I think this takes us. We already I already know what you're about to say. This takes us to the whole NBA business discussion how the nba is like a tv show now yeah and it's like game by game you see it even more yeah you know like what were you about to say i was gonna say i was gonna say that look i'm a big fan of adam silver right commissioner of the nba i i love all sports like american sports i follow a lot of commissioners you got rob manfred in baseball you got roger goodell in the nfl nobody likes roger goodell and adam silver has been a commissioner who has really transformed the state of the game where he took it in. H- handed by David Stern. Of course, though, David Stern. Who right? did a great job. Who did too. a great job. Uh, two Jews in a row, David yeah. Stern and Adam Silver, which is just super <laughs> cool. Super cool. But um, so we saw last night where you see LeBron freaking out about the foul call. You see lots of texts were being called last night. I think Dennis Schroeder got a tech for just laying on the ground. You saw that funny clip of Patrick Beverly showing yeah, the ref the camera that was and get a tech. I'm asking you, John, do you think that at the beginning of this season. So, so look, I think Adam Silver's probably very transparent with NBA, right? He wants to be in contact with the players and talk to them and, and have just one thought process and not anyone questioning well, what's going on. you have the NBA PA, the Players Association. Exactly. Do you think that Adam Silver or somebody in the NBA spoke to the players before the season and said, hey, if you do A, B, and C, you're going to get a tech. And that's something that we're going to stick with and, and really be hard on. Because if I think it's something that they agreed upon, is that right. what you're saying? I do, because you see texts being called way more often. And although people argue about it, you see them arguing about the calls like we had last night. Right. 
but there's not too much public outcry about the actual um, text being given out. And to me, that seems like maybe it was mentioned at the beginning of the season that they were going to be very strict with giving out text. So what do you think? Do you think there was some kind of PSA to the players? There definitely could have been. And there definitely could be like these guys who overreact in game because, you know, high tense pressure games exactly. like they get upset Their obviously personalities you know that's just like they love the game of basketball they're gonna get upset they get those texts and in the moment they're like they're going crazy definitely could have been that six months four months three months ago they agreed on like right. okay if this happens then yeah we can agree that that should be a tech mm -hmm. you know but at the other end that like to me at least as someone who loves watching guys get fired up like that that just makes them um Totally, like, disregarded, I guess. Right. So, I want to transition a little bit, right? We just had our all-star starters picked. Um, JT. Yeah, Jason Tatum and Giannis made it. Obviously, there was a big outcry, right, that that Joel Embiid didn't make it, right? But you look at the you look at the five guys from the East. Wow, he had a crazy game last night. He did versus Denver. That was wow. a great game. Yeah. But, look, you've got Kevin Durant is a forward who gets selected to play. And you have Giannis is for it's like to play. So when people have these these outcry, oh my God, how did Joel Embiid not get picked? For me, it's like you got to be realistic. They put three guards in. It was Mitchell. Who was it? Mitchell Tatum. And there's one more. I don't know. The uh, last one. Okay. Well, Mitchell Tatum and somebody else. But you, you can only put in two forward centers. And they put but in. Do you think that it also it has to do with KD's... Uh, that sucks that it was Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but do you think that it also has to... Like the Joel Embiid public outcry, what you're saying, do you think it has to do also with the fact that KD hasn't even played as much as Joel? Right, KD hasn't played as much as Joel. He did get hurt towards the end, which is, I mean, I think it was like another another leg injury, so I don't think KD's going to risk it. He's probably not going to play in the All-Star game, so Joel will probably end up starting. So maybe it was like a kind of way that they could finesse both of them being starters? Oh, that's true. <laughs> they could do that, because Joel's going to start there in the end of the day. All-Star weekend's coming up. Um, Dude, it's, Mac McLung in the in the dunk contest. In the dunk contest, that's going to be very cool. Um, I don't think NBA players were really going to be participating in that because the risk of injury, all that stuff. Obviously, everyone would like to see John yeah. Morant in the dunk contest. That'd be crazy. But the guy's trying to win a title. I don't think he's going to get too caught up in winning the dunk contest. Um, but uh, lots of interesting things to look for. I'm looking forward, you know, just to the Rising Stars game, which is really cool. They're adding some some new things to the weekend, like the sure. HBCU Classic, and you know, obviously the skills also, contest. The, the is way they're picking fun. the teams before that's going to be cool. Very cool. That's that's, that's going to be <laughs> it's going to cool be like feature. that one last guy, like getting picked last. He's going to be like, all right, uh, walks over, <laughs> and this is like probably like freaking like these all stars. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it could be anyone. Like, yeah. It's going to be one funny. of the best players on some team, and they're getting picked last. Yeah, like, but you know, you're in the All Star game, so you can't really complain about it. Probably Look, get picked first anywhere else in the world. Literally <laughs> anywhere else in the world. I actually saw a clip about Mike James talking about a Euro League um, All Star game, which would Love be really, which would be really cool. I'm sure there's a lot of you know technical problems to making that happen of everybody's scheduling, but right. I mean, what a better what better way to showcase Euro League talent than having a Euro League All Star that game? That would be really cool. I think it would be definitely something that would help market the EuroLeague, right? Sure. We know the EuroLeague's up and coming. We've been talking about it nonstop. They can even have, like, there's EuroLeague, there's Champions League, and mm -hmm. there's Euro Cup, right? Exactly. We talked about it with Maurice. Like, they definitely can have a EuroLeague All-Star game and Champions League All-Star game. Right. And then, like, a Euro Cup All-Star game. Uh-huh. And each one, like, they can have in certain places, but then you get into politics, and then there's right. all that. Because you're not dealing with states now. Right. You're dealing countries. with countries. So, a lot of stuff involved. So, there's a lot of... 
it would be a good, great great way to showcase talent be awesome. um, for the EuroLeague. I feel like that's another way they could maybe expand their audience just there a little is, bit. There is a Winter League and the Israeli League All-Star Game, which our boy Josh Azaraf Ooh. at Hoops. Yeah, shout uh, out Josh. He, he actually filmed for the All-Star Game last year. Wow. And you saw there's there's high talent here. So like that's a crazy game to watch too. Yeah, 100%. Again, check out our boy Josh Azraf at Hoops on Instagram. He's got some great content there. Um, but again, look, that was a great interview with Lior. Um, a lot of cool things, a little bit of an insight to that Division One NCAA ball. I was really actually looking forward to talking about how he stays focused as a student-athlete. I know I mentioned right. it, it's final finals, season. If the finals are killing Damn. us. I'm sure they're killing you as a professional athlete. I mean, as a college athlete and, and a full-time student as well. It's something really hard. You, you read about NBA players who had great GPAs in college, and it's just like kind of crazy to think about how they manage their their lives are consumed by basketball, Definitely. but they also have the chance also, to do well in school. You also got these Ivy League players too. Mm-hmm. Like imagine they're like they definitely have a restriction with their GPA. Right. Like there's no chance they don't. So like they're putting in the work, mm-hmm. and like that's tough. Definitely very interesting. All right, we're gonna wrap up here on the baseline episode four. Four episodes gone by. We're pretty getting fast. at it. We're gonna shout out our Instagram. Which is uh, which is up and running. It's brand new. You can follow us at the baseline dot podcast, all lowercase, no spaces. We look forward to seeing you there. Show us some love. Show, Show us, us some, some love. love. Leave a comment on the gram. You know how it is. <laughs> yes, sir. Send it to your friends. We're gonna wrap this one up. Thank you for listening to the baseline episode hey, four. Lila Toe. <laughs>